I got to work on my impressions, and so I uh, workshop with Sarah. Um, sometimes they are spot on. Don't even need any any work, Eric. That's great. Nailed right. it. Other times, do you want to hear my Mickey Mouse one? I absolutely want to hear your Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Oh boy! I think everyone's got a Mickey Mouse. What's this I mean about you? Don't want to wear purity rings. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do a Kermit the Frog? Everyone's got a, a Mickey and a Kermit. What? That Movie Guys podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcast. Wherever you can download your favorite podcast. I'm not uh, disappointed on this one. Uh, I was really excited for Violent Night. Really excited, uh, and it kind of left uh, a, a candy cane leftover taste in your mouth. That's like three years old. Eric, how the hell are you doing? A stale peppermint flavor. I was hoping you were going to open this with a carol of some sort. Oh, I could. I could, actually. Um, Well, do do Violent, do Silent Night, but can we parody that? Is that... Uh, Violent Night Gory Night Night. All is dead (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. All is calm until John Leguizamo comes up and tries to, st- or until Mr. Scrooge. Eh, we've yeah, gone too far like into John- it. Yeah, I actually don't like John Leguizamo. Yes, uh, I'm a podcaster, not a not a singer. I'm sorry to everybody who just heard that. Yes, Violent Night. This is our not our Christmas special. This is a Christmas movie. Something that kind of flew under the radar, right, man? I mean, like I've never heard of this until. Probably two weeks ago, so we put it on the schedule. Yeah, this didn't get a whole lot of buzz, PR, marketing, anything. It just—it really seemed like they made it, and they decided that, hey, let's release this next month. We'll start marketing now. At least yeah, not this is Universal. Area. Yeah, this was Universal, right? Yes, as distribution. God, they dropped the ball. Yeah, man, they dropped the ball on this one. This is like HBO Max or Hulu written all over it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes. Yeah, this is this one of those things, and I don't want to change it, right? And because I I love our popcorn rating, but I feel in the future eventually we may have to update it, modernize it to like theater watch or like streaming watch, maybe because this is like this is something I would rather have not gone to movies for. This is, yeah, I think we're still in that that weird middle where companies yeah. are trying to find what's going to work in streaming and what's going to work in theaters. I don't think something like this may be the best for theaters. It was a good try. I, they want action for theaters, right? Something to bring you yeah. in for a fun ride. And I think they were trying it with this. I wonder if they were hoping it was going to be better, like a cult turnout. Everyone's going to make the comparison uh, from this movie to all the other movies before it, right? Yeah, Die Hard, Bad Santa, the list goes on. Well, those are the first two that are most certainly are going to come up. One, because right. uh, the violence and the action from Die Hard and just maybe the 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 attitude of Bad the Santa. Drunken, drunkenness, the buffoonery. Yeah, of Bad Santa. Yeah. yeah, also a little bit of Jack Frost in here. The, which Jack Frost? The Killer Snowman. <laughs> okay, The Killer Snowman. I didn't. You take like the Michael Keaton one. No, oh, that movie was bad. No, yeah, man, I was. Yeah, I, I was. That movie was on for a while on TV. No, Eric, like I was really excited for it, man, because you and I talked about this off air because you saw it the day before I did, and and spoiler alert to all the fans, I go on Tuesdays because it's five dollars all day and a free popcorn. So why wouldn't you go, right? Um, and I'm kind of glad I did with that um i i i was i you said do you know what you're getting into and i was like yeah it's pretty much a ripoff of Die Hard, but john mcclain is santa and you're like yep have a good day um i walked into the theater <laughs> i went to no so um i don't want to ramble but i want to say that the manager of the theater that i go to him and i are cool him and i are buddies um had a few beers together maybe in the theater maybe not right and no one else is uh, in the theater, so right. Well, he was no, it's just you know, he always knows me. Here's the funny thing, he doesn't know my name, and I don't know his name. Now that's the best kind of relationship, yeah, right? Yeah, that, he's that's, just like, that's gonna last for 30 years there, Jordan. I'm the reviewer, and he's the manager, right? Yeah. And um, I have an office job, 
so the reason I'm telling this whole story is that I have an office job, so it's cold, so I have this long black trench coat with like you know nice clothing on. So I go to the theater at five o'clock and I walk in. There's a manager. Hey, bud. And he's just like, hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, violent night tonight. And he goes, great. I said, anybody else in the theater? Yeah, three people. I was like, three? Wow. Okay. I thought nobody. Packed house. He, okay. Yeah. He was like, why? And I was like, oh, one of my friends, he went to a private screening. He goes, no, nah, there's three people in there. I don't know who those people were watching more, the screen or me. Uh-huh. Because because I decided to fuck with them. Sorry for swearing, but I walk in looking into Violet Night with like <laughs> like trench coat, uh, uh, just polo, looking just suspect looking, here, looking 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 legit. Like this guy is definitely in the wrong screen. Like this guy's not supposed to be here. And one of the guys after the movie came up to me when I you know he was like, so um, do you review? something i was like yes yes i hear i am here to review yes i am yes. this is a job for me you are here oh. for for leisure i'm here for business yeah. yes yes mm, indubitably so yeah that's my little story about going to see this movie um no anyway <laughs> i don't like i don't <laughs> so uh okay so let's let's talk about the positives real quick i want to talk about and i don't care what his real name is uh, I want to talk about Hopper from Stranger Things. Okay. Okay. That man uh, is teetering on the line of being typecasted. Oh, teetering. yeah? He's teetering. I'd say he's already gone over, buddy. I don't know because I love him in Stranger Things, and I really, really like him in Black Widow. Right? But to me, he's playing the same character. Uh, his his Santa Claus, his St. Nick is no different than Hopper or the dad from Black Widow. Do you agree? I I agree. And I would think the only other characters that I've seen him play is probably in Newsroom or... Oh? Um, I watched a movie recently. Oh, uh, oh, I have it here. No Sudden Move. I haven't seen that one. That was the Detroit one, I believe. Yeah, it start, started with like uh, Don Cheadle, Pinto Del Toro... Uh, yeah, a lot of people in there. Uh, I remember seeing him in that, and he kind of does the same character in that as he did in Newsroom. Just a tall guy wearing a suit, just one of the one of the boys. Right. I think would be the best way to to put it. His height does obviously stand out from a background character. He's a tall guy, so I'm sure a lot of people are standing on boxes or he's crouching down. I, but as you were saying in the typecast, yeah, I, I feel that in the things that I've seen him in, it's very limited as to what he can do. He's got maybe yeah. two to three different types of characters that he's really good that he's just there. Well, that's the problem, too, is that I think he's better than that. I just think these are the roles that are uh, that are given to him, and he's playing it safe, and that's fine to play it safe. Um, I just think that there's more with this actor um, than what they're showing, but I love him as Santa. I, I truly, honestly do. Um, he he makes the movie. Uh, you are there oh, yeah. to see him, right? I mean, just like Bruce Willis with Die Hard. Well, he got Hans, but still, though. I mean, like he's he he makes the movie. I was happy. Um, but yeah, Violet Night, right? So this takes place modern time, right? And he's in London drinking at a pub, and of course you get this tropes, right? You get the tropes is that Santa's drinking beer. He. He he's actually real Santa Claus, right? And people come in and they're like, "You're not really Santa. I've been a Santa for three." The the classic trope, and of course we get the eye roll gag where he leaves to go on the roof to go on it to his reindeer, and the bartender's like, "You can't go up there on the roof." And then she sees him in his sleigh, and the classic roll eye trope of vomiting over the sleigh onto her. Ha ha ha! I know what movie I'm getting at this point. There's your bad Santa right there. Right, and that's that's where I checked out. Already, first first fifteen right minutes of the movie. Well, that's where I checked out because, I mean, I, I paid attention, I watched, but I checked out, meaning okay, this movie is going to be dumb. This isn't going to be. Th- how about this? This movie is going to be loaded weapon one. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I agree. I'm not defending this movie. Right. In, I, in I, this the, especially after what you said. Yeah. 
no, this movie's going to be Loaded Weapon 1. It's not going to be Bad Santa where it's going to be something different to the genre and it's going to flip it and make it different. This is going to be Loaded Weapon 1. They're going to follow the tropes. They're going to have something. I didn't know John Quazamo was in this movie. Uh, are you saying Lethal Weapon? No, Loaded Weapon 1. Oh, yeah, geez. The, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Yeah, 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 the Emilio Estevez, yeah. Right, so that's why I'm saying that I knew as soon as he uh, vomited on her, I was like, oh, this is going to be Loaded Weapon 1. This is going to be basketball. This is going to be Naked Gun. This is what this is going to be. I feel like... Because I can be clever. But I feel like those are like full parody. That's what this... Tell me this is not a full parody of Die Hard. Now, this is not the argument that Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not. We're not going to do that for this show. What I'm saying, though, the plot... The plot points, right, to get there from A to B to C. This is strictly diehard, obviously. Hmm. I I could go to a certain point. I think that like a those types of parodies, like the Zucker brother type of parody, is more of like a like a spoofy uh, type. Where I this might be a bit more like a cheeky, where they 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 put in the the tropes in there and they put in kind of those subtle nods. I don't think it's full parody but that just might be just my my opinion because i guess the reason why i say that is because it does try its best i I don't know if that's its best or not actually to be its own movie it it tries to be its own movie but then it forgets that it's trying to be its own movie and then it just follows dire let's go through the tropes right i just want to go through the tropes we get the lovable uh guy in the front office security guard in this movie who gets shot for no reason because he's an innocent bystander. We get people that were involved in the party that infiltrate the party to steal the money. They're there to steal the money, period. They're there to unlock a vault, mm-hmm. period, right? That's right. Uh, takes place during Christmas. That's the only comparison, right? Uh, we even get little little tidbits of Santa walking on broken glass or Christmas ornaments, Right, yeah. come on, you know, like oh, you know it's, what? It's, yeah, you probably compare this movie better with a Home Alone than you could with, um, or you know what? I'm sorry, just throw it in there with usually, all the other movies. That oh yeah, yeah, she does, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was turned off in the beginning because I was like, okay, we're going to get this kind of movie. Uh, then we follow this family that I, I can't believe I'm following. Right, so we follow. Um, I don't know the name of the family, but it has. Uh, this father and this mother and their daughter, Trudy. I remember that the whole time, Trudy. And the son, who is the father of Trudy, is the son to this really, really extremely rich woman. She's not a politician. Uh, it's uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, uh, uh, Where have I seen her from? Ellen Griswold. That's who that is! Yes. You know who I thought that was for a second? I thought that was the voice of Tommy Pickles. <laughs> okay, I can see. What a, what a guess. Where, really? That's that's who you see? Well, no, right. yeah. No, so uh, uh, what was it? It was on, it was on uh, TV recently. Um, Devil's Rejects was on TV. And, 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 and the woman who voices Tommy Pickles plays one of, one of, the, one of the hoes. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I kept on, and the face kept, I was like, who is that? For for one second, I thought it was Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> I don't know why. And then the second part, I was like, is that Tommy Pickles? And I was like, no, that's not Tommy Pickles. I thought but, the that her being casted in this was another nice Christmas nod. Yeah, because Christmas vacation. Obviously, she she is brought into that that. Hall of Fame, that that Jingle Hall of Fame. Mm, nice, that was good. Thank you. Like, I like how you looked for approval. I, 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 yeah. Well, she, she'll get it. Yeah. So we get this really. I mean, okay. So, um, what's her name? Um, Griswold, Clark, <laughs> and what's her name? Her, her character name or the actress? The actress is Beverly D'Angelo. In this movie, though, we can call her Gertrude Lightstone. Gertrude Lightstone. She's she's not a politician. She's just a just a uh, rich. It woman. sounded like she was. They mentioned it, right? That it was oil or or some sort of. She so was, she's an oil baron. Uh, maybe just in that part because for the the money she was getting three hundred million dollars to do some sort of 
oil. I, I missed that part, or I just didn't care. Uh, and yeah, it's it's not presumed how they got their wealth, but that they are just wealthy, wealthy and moving around money. Yeah, but yeah, but that three hundred k or a million, excuse me, uh, that they were going for, I quite sure was from a its own separate project, its own no, separate yeah, contract of something. So no, actually, I actually understood it. Yeah, I got that. I because I was paying attention because I was so interested. Like, why is Scrooge doing this? So I really paid attention when the reveal came up. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So we got this rich family and the son and the ex-wife and their daughter go to stay there for Christmas, and all of a sudden, right, John Leguizamo shows up, right, calls himself Scrooge. Everything is Christmas themed. This is where I have a problem with it because later in the movie we get. John Leguizamo's motivation that when he was a kid, everything was great until his daddy lost his job. And then he understood that Christmas wasn't as special because all the other little boys and girls got presents. And then one Christmas he may or may not have pushed an old man down the stairs and killed him. Yeah. I think this is That's quite a, a reach. This is some bad writing here because I, I feel that it could have just been a robber who just doesn't happen to like Christmas. I don't think it was his motivation, though. He was well, no, after I mean, the money. Yeah. It just ha so happened to be that he doesn't like Christmas. Right, but it was annoying, though, because you make that all about him. Why not make him like an ex-board of directors guy? Like, I mean, why not? Because cause he knows everything about her, right? If this is supposed to be just your standard old robber, right? Like Hans, right? He doesn't know every little thing, right? Like, I mean, this guy knows every He knows if she wipes with her left hand or her right hand. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's stupid. Yeah, he's he's working with uh, the Death Squad, too. Their private, the Rich Family's private security team. Or which is private Navy SEAL or whatever they have. Which is a theft from Die Hard 2, remember? Yeah. They even had, uh, uh, was it they were in the camo to the Art of Camo? They had the they had the Arctic camo was in the snow with snowmobiles snowmobile chase that's straight up theft from Die Hard too. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what's going on. But S Santa Claus is here delivering presents to Trudy. I want to talk about Santa a little bit more. Um, he gets hurt later in the movie and he starts to take off his Santa garb. This is the part that I really want to talk to you about, Eric. Um, and for everybody's listening, this part's actually really cool and this shows you what. A bad writer comes up with a good idea and he doesn't know how to work it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say that again. When a bad writer comes up with a good idea and doesn't know how to work it, Santa Claus gets messed up, right? So he takes off his stuff and he's shirtless and he has all of these like tribal tattoos, right? This all over him covering him. Yeah. And it's like, what is that? Why does Santa have all this? Now there's different little flashbacks here and there, Eric, but not many to lump. No, but to lump it all up, Santa, this guy who plays Santa at one point in time was a Viking. Straight up barbarian Viking. And the way I took it from the movie, because he said he doesn't know how Christmas has its magic. He doesn't get it, right? Mm -hmm. So he was on the battlefield. He would kill people with his big sledgehammer or club back then. And then poof, one day he wakes up, he's in the North Pole, and now he's Santa Claus, kind of living a Groundhog's Day moment. So it's like, I want to know more about that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that they leave out of this movie. And just like you said with the with the writing, it feels like the writer or writers in this were trying to tell a story and they had like a clock off camera and they had to quickly tell the story before the clock would, would run out. And you can only tell so much before that time runs out. I think yeah. that's what they're doing. They're going all over the place. Oh, wait, well, then the then this bad guy comes in, and he doesn't like Christmas. But then there's Santa comes in. He's a good guy, but he's also uh, a, a Viking. They used to kill a bunch of people. But then there's this family, you see, and they're all bad. Except for these two people, they're good. But then the FY, you know, and just you're you're putting yeah. all this, like, there's, there's a lot of it stacked onto it that it gets kind of silly and ridiculous because you could have used a lot of this time to explain rather than it just being silly right uh, i'll give you a good example of this uh, one that i i feel um 
this movie and many other recent action movies have fallen victim to is the playful bad guy, the the dumb bad guy, where when it's just them on camera and they're doing their bad guy, I guess holler, and they're outside, sure. they're they're mean, you know, they're they're shooting every, all the guns, you know, destroying everything. That security guard, brap, he's done. Is that a, another done done? All these people are done. All right, now we're in the main room. All right, everybody, I'm gonna kill you. I'm I'm gonna do it. Don't make me kill you. I'm. Which one wants to die? For, it's like okay, you just you just came inside the house after killing dozens of people, and now you're suddenly hesitating on these people, especially after you already know or where they tell you where the money is. They gave uh-huh. you the the kill command, and you still like you know like like some sort of cartoon character in the middle of the road, like which way do I go? It, it, that bothers the heck out of me. It, it happens more often uh, in these kind of family silly movies where that takes me out of it. Completely mm. takes me out of it. Uh, I hear you. The bad okay. guy, you know, given the whole big manifesto, the big speech, you know, and, and just you wait, everyone. Once I push this button, don't stop me. Once I do it, I will become the winner and the everything and then sure enough you know good guy comes in stops him pushing the button but is that our fault as the audience because hollywood does do one thing right it listens to the audience and eventually it it goes to where the audience wants for a little bit is this what we've been saying for years where it's like okay the bad guy has a motivation we want to know the motivation of the bad guy i mean what the 90s and the early 2000s uh honored bad guys right i mean tarantino made a career out of it so is this Hollywood playing catch up with all these action movies that are like we got to give the bad guys motivations? Because I was interested to know, or is that just stupid writing? No, I I think we're at a point in time right now where we have theaters, we have so many different production companies, actors opening up their own companies now too, um, new distribution companies too. A twenty four is now just you know gangbusters now. And then all the streaming on top of that too. It's and there's so many streaming services now too. We, we just did the Roku. Yeah, so there's they're doing yeah, they're doing that. their they're doing their own movies now. Everyone's trying to get into it. So I feel that there are a lot of uh, production companies that are just taking any old script and just like okay, let's let's make it quick. Let's get some let's get some names on here. Let's um, we can, yeah we can make this. This is. We could throw this together real quick. And I think that's what this movie was. I think mm. that um, so people got together. They said, hey, this is a this is a quick make. We can do uh, capitalize off that Christmas buck. And we don't need to think about it. Just, you know, uh, the do parts it. that, yeah, the parts that are, that are peak in the story, highlight on that. Everything else is just dumb. Yeah, no, I would actually agree with you that this is very Hollywoodized because if that's the word, Hollywoodized, because... This movie's not violent. The only violent thing in the movie, which is what you want in this kind of movie. You got you got Hopper playing Santa Claus. You got uh, John Leguizamo. You got all these decent actors, right, and actresses. Yeah. And you have this plot of they're trying to steal $300 million, and Santa Claus just so happens to be there. S- wrong place, wrong time, right? Yeah. Die hard, right? Exactly. So it's like. So it's like, make it uber-violent. Like, you know what you're doing, make it uber-violent, and they don't. The only violent part, which was my favorite part of the whole movie, is when Santa's, like, in the billiards room, like, in the basement area. Sure. And the guy wearing the Arctic white camel comes in, and he has that brutal fight with that guy. Dude, my favorite part is when Santa put all the pool balls into a sock and just started beating the guy. Like, that had to hurt, right? And then the guy finally dies by Santa putting the top of the Christmas tree, the the star— into his eye and he plugs it in and the guy's head turns on fire. And I love, I actually did chuckle in the theater where you could see the smoke and Santa's acting like a skunk, like whoo. Yeah. Whew. Like where was that throughout the movie? It needed to be uber violent. And instead of him going like a PU, he should be ho, ho, hoing. You know, right. kind of like, ho, ho, ho. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. So playing more to yeah. that, I feel like you missed a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, obviously you want to watch it for for the the blood and the guts. I wish that they we got a lot of it, but it it was campy. Did we though? Yeah. Okay, so so the part where 
Santa is going into what the the shed, the garage, the barn. Oh, that was good. That was good. Yeah. So like all those kills, I enjoyed it. But yeah. But the uh, the logic behind it is stupid dumb to me because there is a yeah exactly you get a full ledged like trained team calmed up with with uh guns and like everything and they all are going and they don't they're going into this enclosed area one at a time they they seem to be in a group until they go after the santa claus then they're all able to split um and then they're all just kind of you know walking around with their with their guns up one at a time Santa's picking them off and apparently because of I'll just uh, I'll give them the credit and say it was Christmas magic because that's the excuse we're getting in this movie that he was able to kill them not only in a violent night but silent night too how did nobody else hear anything going on in that the snowblower yeah the snowblower went off and and ate a man up Fargo style right Right, you would hear that. I have a snowblower. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely hear that. And then there's the the guy outside on the computer. I, I, you know, again, it's silly and it's dumb. I'm not trying to say that it should be any more than that. Um, but you could have spent more time on those kills, uh, or have it more more bad guys there for more to kill. Uh, right. How about this? Uh, the more of the booby traps. Those were fun. Yeah, those are fun with with Trudy and the booby traps that she did with uh, peppermint, I believe. Yeah, how about instead of her running off? Which, by the way, she ran off because what? She was in the living room and she found out that there that Santa Claus wasn't real. That was so she ran away. Yeah, after her dad what got his finger bitten off by the Nutcracker, uh, which broke. by the way came back at the end of the no, movie. No, broke. Broke. He, he he got it broke, right? Because there's no blood in it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no blood, uh, which is weird. And about to get one of his nuts cracked. But she runs away, and what do the bad guys do? Oh, stop! You know, hold on, wait. Oh, then there's the one bad guy. I'll go get her, and that was the basement scene, right? The uh, the billiard scene. Yeah. But when that happened, when I heard that guy say, "I'll go get her," you know, just. By by themselves, that was the eye roll. Just like oh, that's God. that's the equivalent to uh, "I'll be right back." Right? It's exactly "I'll be right back." Yeah, yeah. You know, I I want to talk about uh, another thing about how I was upset with this movie with it stealing from blatantly stealing from Die Hard. Now, Die Hard's not original, right? But it's the movie that we all know from these tropes, right? Trudy is definitely the cop outside of Nakatomi Plaza talking to Santa. That's exactly what's happening. That's racist. They're, they take. Pfft, they take lines. I went back home last night after watching the movie and watched certain scenes on YouTube. They took lines from Die Hard when she would call him on the radio to talk to Santa straight from Die Hard. You say his name, Jordan. We were talking I about him before. I don't remember. He's a three-namer. Yeah, that's why I don't remember. Reginald Bill Johnson. Reginald Bill Johnson. Family Matters. Family it's not matters. John Smith. John Smith is easy to remember. Reginald? You expect me to remember Reginald? Reggie? Okay. That's, that's only his friends and family. I, I'm not going to call him that. Tell me that's not theft. <laughs> it's a it's an homage, right? It's not homage. It's a tip of the cap. Ah, oh, whatever. I'm upset because this movie's not saying, hey, we're, we're deliberately mocking Die Hard. They're, they're trying to get a new generation to love it. Yeah, dude, but I really hate it, though, when the guy's like, I'll go get her. I'll be back, yeah. right? And then she, like, no bad guys care anymore after that. Yeah, and so she's now just willfully, just freefully running throughout the house. She goes into the attic, which mm-hmm. um, I guess they, the bad guys failed to check, uh, by the way. Who goes in the attic? I, I get that. But the other part of is because it, it plays back, right, where she's hiding in the attic and then Santa is in some sort of... Uh, I don't know, smoking lounge area on the second floor there, the fireplace. Yeah. On the second floor, which is a big house, sure, whatever. And uh, throughout all that, it was, uh, oh, the, the two um, uh, the, the two people who died to the booby traps. Oh, hold on, let me, let me get their oh, names. Oh, Peppermint here. and um, was it Snowflake? Uh, oh, you're good. Gingerbread? Gingerbread. Candy yeah. cane and ginger- way. Yeah, candy cane and gingerbread, I think. Candy cane and gingerbread. I want to talk about gingerbread. That, Eric, is what I agree with you. That's what this movie was missing. Fucking she uh, she did this like Home Alone tropes, right? And she cut 
uh, a section of the uh, ladder, right? So when yeah. he fell, his chin hit underneath the damn nail and went right through his. That was brutal. That was gory. That was perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that was cool. Why didn't they? Again, another thing that they missed. Like, that's what you need throughout the whole film if you're going to make this kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, but I was in that part. I was saying that she provides the distraction by making it snow in that in that room temporarily to make them believe that Santa was real. Oh yeah, with John Leguizamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with with all of them. and then obviously they go and do the booby traps uh, because they find out that she's in the attic. But that entire time I thought was just kind of weird because there were bullet holes that went through that ceiling in a scene earlier, um, went through that floor and then through the uh, roof. To scare the reindeer. Right. And they went on. Of course, we had to have a joke of Prancer pooping on the roof. And ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I I just didn't, you know, that she's running around in the attic and they just didn't, they can never hear her. It's right. It just seems like, again, those silly, like, bad guy trope things where it's just over and over. Oh, get her later. I, I, I don't like any of that or the opportunities that they had to shoot everybody. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's, well, I want to talk about also what's really bad too, since you're on a roll with it. So the plot is the mom has $300 million and a vault in the basement. The bad guys are there to steal the $300 million. The bad guys say they're not going to kill the family, but we all know that's the plan, right? Mm -hmm. Like Hans saying he's going to not kill the hostages, but he plans on doing it. So then they open the vault and it's missing. Well, the son, who is supposed to be somebody we care about, and I don't know how because he ends up slimy like the mom. We're supposed to care about him because of the relationship that was built between him and his estranged ex-wife, Linda, um, where they were met at the beginning of the movie with mother-daughter, right? Linda going and Trudy going to pick up uh, this guy, and you can feel like there's some tension between them, but okay, the kid's excited. It's obviously mother. That's obviously father. Mm, and then you can hear the way that they are, like, hey, thanks for doing this. Oh, you know, I'm not doing it for you. And then they go to the big house, and you piece it together that, oh, okay, uh, he's the rich kid, they obviously are split and have issues with this family. Right, right. She has issues with the family. Let's talk about the family. We got we got the dude's sister who is a, a Kardashian wannabe. We get her Alva, son. Is that her name? Is that her? Well, then we got Berto or whatever, the son that's like a TikTok. <laughs> Bertrude. Bertrude, which is not even a word. I love how they made fun of him on that one, who's like this TikTok celebrity. Yo, what's <laughs> up? Kind of thing. Like... Yeah. Nobody does that. Nobody does this, by the way. Bertrude that's, that's, does. Bertrude does. And then, of course, you got the boyfriend of the mom who the bad guy, Krampus, who I really liked until he forgot to pull the trigger, uh, was like, hey, you guys are going to give each other gifts. So uh, the boyfriend's gift to the rich mom was his headshot catalog, if you will. <laughs> yeah. A pitch, a movie pitch. I love that. But while that's going on, the son gives his mom a bottle of whiskey and a note. And she gives her son a wink, wink, nod, nod about this note. And it's their little secret. Well, spoiler, when they open the vault, there's no money in it. And the son finally confesses, yawn, by the way, boring. Um, to get back at you, mom, I stole the money. I don't know how many days or hours before this whole thing happened. Um, so I hid it in the manger, right? And, and clearly in like duffel bags to steal with my estranged wife and daughter. And we're going to live a life of luxury. When she finds this out, the mother, she's not mad at her son and says, this is exactly what a left foot, whatever would light foot, light foot, light stone, sorry, light stone. This is what a light stone would do. I'm proud of you, son, for stealing from me. It's like, what? I mean, that's bad. I think that uh, given her choices between that, the suck up kid and this son, I think she's just proud that she's got somebody who's not a suck up like her daughter, right? I guess, because she was just like, yeah, back in my day, dad, 
your grandpa wouldn't give me this company, so I had to steal it from him, and yeah. now you're stealing from me. It's like, shut up. I Yeah, I mean, that's just another silly thing they add to the movie. The, another thing was the comical, uh, just, again, I hate repeating the word trope, but that's just what this movie is. It's just one mm-hmm. after the other. When they open the vault... And all the money is gone except for like, oh, this, you know how like the boxes are all half opened and like knocked over. And then there's always like the bills. There's always like a few like loose bills. Like random, just, yeah. Yeah, all around there. They're, there's not like a trail of them that lead anywhere else, anywhere else. But they're all just like sprinkled in there. So you probably right. left, you know, maybe a, a thousand bucks just kind of sprinkled around uh, throughout the floor, which is silly because you're putting all that money into duffel bags. You know, you know, like what? It, it was Eric, just seemed kind of silly. If you and I were ever to rob a bank, I would say, "Get the money on the floor, dude." Yeah, He's, because yeah. I actually, I, I'm actually glad you brought that up, and I, I'm segueing, but not for too long. Please bear with me for one second. The Dark Knight did that perfectly, dude. You remember that? Yeah. The Dark Knight, because they had those bills scattered out, like that trope. Yeah. But then you found out that those bills were marked, and Joker knew those bills were marked, so that's why they were left there. That makes that clever. That makes that smart. Yeah. And they don't do it here. I mean, hell, they did that in Ocean's Eleven, too. That was on TV recently, where it's like, they stole all this money, but there's a couple of bills laying on the floor. Like, yeah, man, you're right, dude. That was stupid. Yeah, it, it just seems like, first off, no one would do that, but it's obviously like a director or writer's excuse to try to hold the hand of the audience, you'd be like, just so you know, there was money in here. Uh, yeah. We'll tell you about it again and again through the character dialogue, so I guess we really didn't need to show you that, but we'll do it anyway just so you complete the picture. Which, uh, another thing, if this family is that wealthy, like, that damn wealthy, they're still dealing with cash? Like, cash you have that much cash is king man i i guess but you you know like that's like what mobsters do if you're in this part i don't see what's a you know i don't know what's a what's a big blackwater uh what's a what's a a dark company that is something like that oh well you know dark company like just trump tower doing under you know the desk like uh, duffel bags full of cash. I feel like it would just be like a marked, like here's here's the bank account. I'll wire it, or yeah, here's the transfer yeah. of assets. I don't right. see any like even 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 a Trump who probably would be if anyone uh, the person who you just be like oh yeah, give me the cash, cash. I feel like even that would be like yeah. no, that's dumb because that's three hundred million. That's that's a lot of weight. You got to move that around. It's just so much, but. She had a safe. Because... She had a safe. Right, right. We have to have a safe. We get the uh, we get the big snowmobile chase. Right. Uh, the death squad is uh, with John Leguizamo, and we end up having Santa and John Leguizamo fighting in ruins of a cabin in the middle of the woods. That which which also upset me because this whole land is this family's property. So was that supposed to say during the fight, which I supposed to be excited about the fight? I was saying to myself, oh, is this like, you know, the family's original house? Is this like the OG house? Why is this ruined house here? Why, why is it ruins here? Okay, whatever. We get a John Leguizamo fight. I'm not a fan of his. I've been biting my tongue throughout the whole episode tonight, but he he really pisses me off. Um, Go off, King. Go ahead. No, I just, he pisses me off. He made He made a comment earlier about, People and you know roles that they play, and he doesn't agree with it, and it's 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 uh, that this bullsh- the James Franco yeah. comment. Yeah, and it's just like, come, dude, can we can we just can, you know shut up? You you played Luigi. You're not Italian. He also played Bruno. Yeah, in Encanto. Yeah, so it's this. It pisses me off, but you know, so he it, it's it's fun to see him in this because he's a familiar face. Uh, but the fight was great. I also really, really did appreciate the goriest part of the movie where Santa has one up on him, right? Santa's getting beat up. He's getting cut, though. But he taps his nose to go through this chimney, and then John Cusamo kind of, like, folds like an accordion in a way, and then it's, like, just his torso left. Great kill. Love that kill. Oh, yeah, best kill. Best kill. 
Um, I also find this funny too in movies. So the leader of the death, what do they call him? The death squad, the, whatever they call him. Yeah, the we'll death call squad. him the death squad. Sure. So I would never do this in in real life. Um, but the leader of the death squad. So Santa's on top of the chimney, right? And he's like, "Yeah, here's Don Quixote's torso. Screw you, Luigi!" Bah! Right? And all of a sudden, he starts getting shot, right, by by the leader of this death squad. And he's laying, Santa's laying down, you know, dying, right? And all of a sudden, the leader of the death squad hears a click, click of a gun. And what was it? The mom was yep. there, right? And he just stood there and accepted it, and was like, <sighs> and then boom, head blown off, like. I, yeah, didn't even didn't even move. Just would you like be mannequin. that? Would you be that accepting of your own fate, or would you be like, click click? Oh, I gotta run away. <laughs> you know, like again, like these are supposed so to be annoying. professionals, and you would think that they would know a lot about uh, combat. Uh, the other part, again, this movie has a lot of guns in it, but a lot of the the people who carry the guns choose to fight hand to hand instead. Right. Oh, good point. Yeah, good point. So yeah. for the majority of it, unless they're like part of the ensemble death squad and they are just able to shoot the guns or shoot Santa Claus with a browning, like a uh, that, that heavy machine gun while he was mm. on the roof. It's like if you, you had that the entire time, like why don't mm. you use that? Uh, but again, good I'm, point. Not, I'm not the bad guy here, uh, even though he's supposed to know everything. Um Anyway. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So I, then Santa's dying. No, I was going to say on that part, if I was going to accept my fate, I would at least probably, you know, try to take Santa out with me here, you know, and not or just, I would just let like, it happen. Move away. You know what I mean? Like you just, I just, I don't know. Like anything, I just, any reaction, anything, anything. Like I just, I just can't see myself like in a situation like that and just going click, click. And then boom. Like you got I just, me. Yeah, yeah, I just don't see that. I hate that in movies. But anyway, Santa's dying. The family comes, and he dies, but they all believe in him. So with Christmas magic that still Santa cannot explain, he awakens, and he's off to deliver more presents. Eric? Did you clap I'm... in the theater to, like you believed in fairies? <laughs> okay, Eric, I'm going to change the popcorn rating for this movie. I haven't told you about this off air, but I want to surprise you. So it's not that great. It's not that clever, but I kind of wanted to for fun, if you don't mind. So for your popcorn rating, this is so self-explanatory. Do you give Violet Knight a lump of coal? <laughs> <laughs> um, a vibrating football machine that was awesome in the 90s? Okay. <laughs> or your favorite present that you've been wanting all year? Where do you get it? Your favorite present, vibrating football machine, or a lump of coal? Where do you get this one? Yeah, the grandma's gift of the vibrating football machine there. Yeah, you know the, what I'm talking about. I, I know. Love it. Yeah, I, I had one. I had one. Yeah, I know exactly the yeah the the board that shakes. You just turn it on. <laughs> they all go to the side. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool but not cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, this is um, vibrating no, football. Yeah, it's it, it's like middle. This isn't going to be like a new holiday tradition. It's not going to be the new Die Hard, and everyone's saying, "Oh, you gotta watch this." This is uh, another one. That is just silly and dumb. They didn't really go all the way in on those puns. Uh, what we got? Oh, we got the one where uh, he was uh, like challenged, and he's activated Santa Claus's. That is after the first kill or something like that for the first stop, and he goes, "All right, Santa Claus is coming to town." Yeah. That catch line, or uh, more some other ones. Christmas dies tonight. It's uh, classic. They're, yeah, so they did like... That's a, good. A, they should have done more of that. Christmas has mm. uh, so many different puns you could have had in this movie. The The title of the movie alone is a pun. Mm -hmm. So you think that there could have been more in there. Uh, I felt like there should have been more ho-ho-hos, but they wanted to keep in with, I guess, Santa being a bit more uh, violent. Do you remember what his Viking name was? Uh, something in Viking that I'm not even going to attempt because I don't want to piss off our Norwegian fans. Uh, yes. Because we have a whole bunch. It's like, uh, something with Nick, right? 
uh, Saint Nick. Uh, well, because he sure. is Saint Nick, but the the name that he had as a Viking was like uh, I don't know, I don't want to say Nicodemus because that's obviously from uh, Secret of Nim, but, you know. But it was uh, it's some sort of play off of the Saint off of the Nick name. <laughs> He's got a nickname. Nice. But yeah, it was. Um, I don't know what I expected. I I guess this movie. It was just, it was dumb, but it was just too dumb. I yeah. I did enjoy it after a while because it, when it, the movie's that silly, like, the gear shifted, and I went oh. into silly mode. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. At the same part, I was looking at my watch a few times in this movie. Uh, I was kind of doing a whole wrap it up array to, to play the, the music at the Oscars here, ready to, to get him out here. Yeah, the ending was just kind of silly. The whole thing was was really silly. I don't want there to be a sequel. If there is, I maybe will check it out if it's on a Netflix. We're not gonna review it. We're not gonna review it. That's for sure. But if there's any more follow up to this, then I doubt this movie was only made for about twenty million, and, and I it grossed twenty. Yeah, I think it's it's just at its mark right now, and I don't think it's gonna be. Uh, continuing on a hot streak or anything like that. Oh. It's just another Christmas movie. I really do feel like it's just completely pandering to a audience that uh, loves Die Hard and these types of action-y movies. Uh, that's flat out what it is. Or the 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 David Harbour uh, kind of uber fans sure. that, that feel like he could do no wrong. Uh that's that's just what it is. This was a cash grab of a movie. I hope everyone got their paycheck, and I'll see you next year. All right. No, yeah. Uh, so between a lump of coal, a vibrating football machine, or the present I've always wanted, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. This is a vibrating football machine. It's cool. It's like, oh, my God, I got a, I got a, I got a field. This is, I'm excited, right? I'm really excited. What do I do? You plug it in, and you watch the plastic guys vibrate. Well, yeah. Oh, Oh, so this is before Madden. I get you. To our younger fans who may be listening, Google vibrating football. You'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, this is this is that. I, right. I do more words. I think if you just Google that, you might get something a little bit more suggestive, right? Or maybe that's just on my Christmas list. Who knows? Unfortunately, no. It's it's fine. It's 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 what it is. Um, I I'm actually teetering more towards a, a towards a bag of coal, like a lump of coal. Like it's not a good movie. It's a bad movie. It's I, not well acted. I don't want to cut you off in your review, but like I would not, you know, blame you if you were to give it the entire time that we were watching this. I uh, went with Sarah, obviously, and we had the whole theater to ourselves. There was a a point when, um, oh, the entire movie, she's just calling out what's going to happen next. It's very predictable, and there came a part where I think I'd looked at her when you called out when she called out, uh, like word for word, what they were going to say. And I'd ask, like, you wrote this movie. You obviously yeah. were involved in some sort of it, uh, some sort of, I don't know, you must have seen, like, a sneak preview or something before I did. I don't know. But, you know, it's predictable, man. I mean, like, I, I really want to get a lump of coal, but, you know, on the face, like a vibrating football machine, it's cool. But when you start to play the vibrating football machine, it's not cool. That's what's going on. It's cool. If somebody says to me, Look at this Violent Night movie. Oh, that sounds fun. And then you watch it. You're like, no, it's not fun. Um, You would think with the movie with some of these established actors and actresses that there would be something to it. And it wasn't. Um, And I was disappointed. It left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, It was skim milk instead of 2% like St. Nick said in the movie. Now that is good. Cheers to you, sir. That was fantastic. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was my one for the year. Your 1%? <laughs> so yeah, no, just it's not great. I uh, I agree with you, Eric. It's definitely a vibrating football machine. Um, but I hope you know our opinions change next week because I like toast, and I like my toast when they're brave. Oh man, what could what movie could you possibly be talking about? Uh, Jordan? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Is it, Moana? Is that what we're doing next? Oh, next week, I will spoil this. I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but next week we are going to kick off with Sarah again 
for our annual retrospective series. This is the Nostalgia Extravaganza. These are movies that came out in the late 80s and 90s that were popular and huge. We may not think or like some of these movies for this year, but they're on the list for being big, popular blockbuster movies for our childhood. So we're going to review those. And like always, we're just going to keep you in the dark about which movie each month. But this month, I'm sure it's obvious what we are reviewing, the 1989 classic. So come back next Thursday for that review. Also, one more quick announcement. You guys are doing great. Uh, This is teetering to almost the most uh, responses we've gotten so far. I'm really excited about it, and I can't wait to do it in the first episode of January. But go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. And you can vote. Click on the tab, vote now, and you can vote for what your opinions are for the best film, the worst film, the most disappointing film, best streaming services, worst streaming services of 2022 for our annual Movie Guys Podcast Awards. You'll be joined with that episode with myself and Eric and, of course, the wonderful Sarah. Maybe Gina will be joining us as well for our big, huge send-off for our eighth Eighth? Oh, my God. No, seventh annual? It's either the seventh or eighth annual Movie Guys Podcast Awards. One of the two. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. Keep on the downloads. We'll be back next Thursday with another awesome episode. Have a good night.